I supposed to be the franchise player, and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap that like she scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. Man, we're going to get Tuesday Night Football finally. Tuesday Night every, Football finally happening. It seems like they're slowly working it to where we're going to be getting football seven days a week. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining at all. I mean, it's only a matter of time. I mean, we're, we were going to miss out on Maction this year, I think, because I, I know the Max getting started, and I don't yeah. think they were going to do that anymore But that with the modified schedule. But now, with the NFL having to modify games almost every other week, it's pretty crazy. But, you know, the, the Titans right now, I, I think they got a lot of stuff to, to work out. I, I think they're about to forfeit a game. If I'm not they're mistaken. tripping. Yeah. And what's crazy is it was like most of the team, like I saw Ryan Tannehill was at those workouts. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill was part of that stuff. So, I just, so it was uh team, team run workouts or like, uh, or on their own. Kind of like think it was the, 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 the players got the, summer? the players got together. Okay. Yeah. The players got together and had a, a private workout and now everybody's just getting sick. Like they're the just getting a different one, positive test every day. The latest one to get it was Corey Davis. So, I mean, they already had two yeah. receivers with it, a couple practice squad players. A.J. Brown's been out the first couple of uh, weeks of the NFL season. So they're running pretty thin, and they're not – I mean, right now the plan is about an hour ago they said that they're moving it to Tuesday. So we'll see. I doubt that they play the game if people – I mean, players keep – testing positive I feel like that, they, uh, they haven't problem. they haven't had a practice this week no, they haven't they been able to, get to be let so, back in yesterday and that's when that happened yeah it's just that's ridiculous if anything i i really think they should probably get the forfeit i mean i, I don't see I'm why down not opponent i'm with it yeah and i feel bad for derrick henry owners so, i mean that's your first round pick and you haven't been able to use them because of covid uh, that sucks. That's like the perfect example for not wanting to, or the perfect reason for not wanting to play fantasy football this year is having a guy not play. And he probably hasn't even tested positive. I'm sure Derrick Henry's been, yeah. been one of those guys uh, trying and to stay Janu, away from Janu Smith also with all these yeah. receivers out. I mean, he's going to be eating. It seems like he's one of the only targets left. So uh, let's good. hope that they play the game. Um it ended up working out with the Chiefs last week for fantasy football purposes to where they moved it up to Monday and the app yep. still counted the points for that week and so, so on and so forth. So they figured it out last week. Let's hope they can figure it out again. But the Titans are really testing it, bro. They're really they're, – they're walking on thin ice right now. Like you said, I mean, when's the last time that we saw a forfeit, you know? Seriously. So uh, I mean – it's deserving though. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be p mad if the Titans got got the forfeit for this. And they haven't lost the game yet. I believe that they're two and zero, right? Or yeah, three I think so. Yeah, they were two or three and zero before all of this happened. And this is yeah. surprising. I just. I wouldn't think like a Mike Vrabel run team would do something like this because it does seem like there was the players that were holding the the workouts on their own. I could be wrong. I'm reading an article, but it sounds like they were they were player workouts. 
uh, that were that were held against or without the team knowing really. So um, a lot going on there, a lot to to keep in mind. But this season is far from um, ideal or far from normal or far from anything that we've ever seen before. Um, but oh well, man. As long as they don't cancel the season and they keep it going, uh, find a way. Seem to we'll be see. rolling with the punches. A lot of money, a lot of money uh, on the line if, if the season gets canned. So I'm sure that yeah, they're like pushing the, for it to go at all costs. With the Titans, though, like you got guys getting sick every single day. Like that's like the worst case scenario. They, I just don't understand how they're gonna play. Even if they do play on Tuesday, you know how are they gonna get in practice? We're already Friday, Friday, Saturday have a practice Sunday, I guess, too. That's what I was going to say. Like, when are they even supposed to get back in the building? Yeah. How how realistic is it? I mean, I guess the Titans, if you're looking at it from their point of view, we rather play than just take the forfeit, no matter how many days we get. I mean, if they've been doing their own private workouts, you know, whatever. But the thing is, I think that they rather play the game out on the field rather than just, you know, be cool with the forfeit. So Yeah. Oh, I agree. But yeah, man, a lot going on there. I mean, we're going to talk more about the NFL later on, but without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce the podcast. Uh, it's Thursday night. You know, we, we moved uh, to Thursdays. I think we're going to be here for a, a couple more weeks before we, we revert going to, to Wednesday night uh, once some of our plans shake out. But yeah, guys, it's uh, we talking about sports. I think this is episode 22. I've gotten the episodes wrong the past couple of times, so hopefully I'm not wrong here. It's episode 22. No, I was just uh, in Okay. Yeah, I thought so. But it, we got Roland here. That's me. And we got Ben. Ben, how have you what been? Up? What up? I've been good. Bill O'Brien got fired, man. I I drank yesterday to that. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, I went to a fish fry at uh, my brother-in-law's house and had some beers, enjoyed the firing of Bill O'Brien and – I'm pumped Man. for the coaching search, the GM search. You know, Dan Tony's out too. The Rockets are looking for a coach. AJ Hinch just got let go last year for other reasons. The Astros got a new coach. I, I mean, Houston, Houston Man, sports uh, right now is it's all over the place. The carnage, though. I mean, the damage that Bill O'Brien yeah. was able to do in terms of the roster and the shakeups uh, that he made while he was uh, the GM and coach. Um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's it's sad that it took DeAndre Hopkins getting traded and them getting an 0-4 start for this to happen. But yeah, I'm with but you, I though. Mean, I would be happy. Nothing, you just got to be happy. You know what I mean? It's At this point, hey, at least they finally pulled the trigger and they didn't waste the whole season doing it. We'll get a little more into the Texans later about some things that I'm hoping to see this Sunday that they're going to be doing differently now that O'Brien's – fingerprints aren't all over the game plan for the week so and they were that was uh, one of the the season totals that we went over too with the texans and we were all uh, kind of surprised with the number at seven and a half um and it looks like vegas was right on this one setting it yeah. pretty low because it's gonna take uh, a lot of wins for them to get there uh, it definitely is for sure next couple of weeks we, with that the jags start. the jags are a good start at that though i mean if we can't beat the jags Shit, maybe it wasn't O'Brien. If they come out and lose to the Jags this week, yeah, I, mean, I, I do think something's to be said though. When and we talked about it, DeAndre Hopkins that's a third of the targets walked out the building, a third of the passing offense, uh, in terms of receiving yards walking out the building and trying to replace that by committee doesn't seem to have uh, gotten, gotten off to a good start. I mean, 
I mean, it, I know that I I was out on on Fuller, but I mean, Fuller hasn't done that bad in the games that he has produced. I just think that it's more of the tune of we're fucking around running the ball two out of the three downs and letting trying to get a Watson to bail us out on third down after gaining a yard on first down and maybe two or three on second down. Then you're on those third and six, third and sevens. Yeah. And if he only has one play, bro, I mean, you're setting him up for failure. You you got to let those guys go. That's what the Seahawks are doing with Russell Wilson this year. It seems like a lot of people shared those sentiments. Yeah. But we'll get into that a little bit later because uh, I, I think we have a, a segment dedicated to, I guess, heated exchanges uh, that may have led to some yeah. – The OB, exactly. But, yeah, uh, I haven't really had too much – too much more to root for on my side, being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Expectations, again, were there. I am always keep my expectations kind of tempered, but I can't lie. I got a little bit excited looking at the offense this year, thinking it was going to get off to a good start, especially with the way the NFC East has started. You would think it would benefit the Cowboys, but it just looks like it's one of those divisions that nobody wants to win so far. And the Cowboys are ultra banged up right now. I think I just read that Tyron Smith is thinking about shutting it down for the year with a neck injury that's five years in a row that he's missed multiple games. You got to think his days are numbered as a productive left tackle, or at least one that steps out and plays uh, more than 10 or more than 10 or 12 games a season. So yeah, things aren't looking good, but we'll get into the Cowboys. A little Roland, bit one, one thing that is looking good, man, is the Astros. Hell yeah, baby. The Astros. The Astros, the Astros are back in business. What, what round are they moving on to? Cause I got thrown off with like 30 teams being allowed into the, the ALCS. Playoffs. Just got to win one more, series, one more series to get to the World Series. Hopefully. Waiting, it's a, waiting on the winner of the Yankees and the Rays. Hopefully it's the Yankees. I, I want to beat Garrett Cole. That would be pretty yeah. pretty cool for the, the Astros. Well, to be able to do that. And what's crazy is no Garrett Cole, no Verlander. That's two Cy Young Award winners. And here are the Astros in the ALCS no matter what, man. Pretty mm-hmm. impressive. The bats have come around right now. Correa's in the zone that only him and I, John Carlos Stanton, has been insane. Also, he's homered in every game the Yankees have had this postseason. But Carlos Correa ended with 11 RBIs for the, in the four game series against the A's. So he killed it, bro. Altuve's back. The trash cans aren't being banged. There's no cameras set up, and the no boys fans. are back and playing. Hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got to be using the buzzers now. It has to be yeah. the buzzers. That's what people would be saying. But, yeah, I'm glad the Astros are, are heating up right now. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just crazy because they were getting crapped on by pretty much everybody, and I guess rightfully so. I mean, what they did was kind of egregious. But as we've all found out, and me being an Astros fan too, a lot of that stuff was going on throughout the league. Uh, Everybody's before, doing that. Uh, yeah, before the Astros got caught too. I mean – the Yankees, they had documents unsealed that prove that they were cheating too. You know, so I'm not going to get into that, but for the treatment that the Astros got from the league, from uh, other teams, the media, and then for them to be doing this, it's pretty sweet uh, to see them. Because it really is the Astros against the world right now because nobody other than the Astros want and their fan base want to see this happening. So, yeah, kudos to the Strohs. And Carlos Correa is another guy that people used to talk about as being a, a trade piece or something. Good to see him. We were saying that he might be the guy that ends up getting cut loose, you know, when everything's said and done and everybody needs to be paid. But, damn, bro, he's playing insane. He's playing and like the number one pick that he is. 
Exactly, exactly. And like you were saying, I mean, the Astros got caught, but I mean, here here they are again. And people were saying, oh, their numbers have gone down because they're not cheating anymore. Like I know Altuve wasn't hitting that well to start, but I mean, it was a screwed up season. They started months after they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. And now that playoffs have started and we're getting into October when the playoffs would be coming around in the real season, you know, had they played it through the Astros bats or starting to come around four or five months into the season. So this is like mid-season form right now, man, and they look good. They look really good. Yeah, and I'm glad they did it to the A's too because the A's have been – they were yapping all year. How about them not even throwing fires out there at all? Uh, at they all, at all. Just too much emotional stuff for fires. He would have gotten too heated up up there or something, and he would have gotten lit up. I think. But not one appearance, there. and your division opponents, you play each other 11 times in the season, and then a four-game playoff, and not one time do you make an appearance? When he played in the first round, he pitched game two of their first playoff yeah. series for the A's. Yeah, I think it had something to do with the emotions. I, I'm sure they didn't trust him going out there and being able to keep his cool with everything that had gone on. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think so. But it's whatever. Hey, I'm not I'm not worried about it. The Astros won. They're moving on to the next series. And they're the ones kind of, I guess, in the driver's seat because they're waiting for the, the team to come and play them or whoever's going to win. Mike, but, Mike Fires and, and Trevor Bauer can go cry in a corner together, man. Yeah, and Trevor Bauer, Bauer all random. He had nothing to do with it and just being a hater, but it's whatever. And he was doing it all year, too. It's like, dude, you are not. You have nothing to do with the, the Ash. You're in the NL. Just chill out. Yeah. But, hey, they're in the playoffs. They're heating up. The ALCS is about to start soon. NLCS is about to start soon. We're about to get the World Series. Now, the NBA – we're almost a game away from crowning another champion. Tonight might be the final game. Tonight might be the final game. Um, do you think it's going to close tonight? Do you think the – I do. The, I'm rolling Lakers, I'm no. rolling with the Lakers fans and their mystique behind these Mamba jerseys. Today's October 8th. Kobe wore eight. They're wearing the Mamba jerseys. I'll roll with all the mystique and all that. And, yeah, I mean, they dropped one game. They've been beating everybody in five and let's – just keep going with the five. Keep going. Yeah, with but they the he they had a really good run. They had only lost what two or three games um, in the the build up to yeah. the, the NBA Finals. Yeah, they hadn't uh, lost until the the Bucks series. They lost one game, yeah. or the, the they lost one game to the Bucks, and twice. they dropped two to the Celtics. Yeah, but yeah, the, the Heat had a really good run, and they're still not giving up. I know they're probably not going to win tonight, but. Uh, Eric Spolstra, I was reading interviewed. He's still fired up. He still has his guys going. You know, oh, Jimmy's. Yeah. Jimmy's gonna give his best effort all game, but That's I thought it was really, I thought it was really interesting how uh, Anthony Davis um, asked for um, Jimmy Butler after he went off for that forty point game in game, excuse me, in game three, and asked mm -hmm. to be glued to him um, throughout game four. Uh, yeah. Kind of just makes you wonder why he wasn't named Defensive Player of the Year, but I guess that's a, another discussion. But I guess the, the we were saying it. We were saying that Giannis should have been doing that when the Heat were playing them. And we were giving Giannis shit for not doing it, and he was the defensive player of the year. So here was Anthony Davis who said, yeah, I want Jimmy. And he really bothered Jimmy. I mean, he had several blocks on Jimmy, and he bothered his shot. He's bothering everybody's shot up there, bro. Tyler Hero's throwing up floaters that are almost hitting the rafters and then having to come down just because of the presence of Anthony Davis and how he makes everybody change their shot. So I mean, he's been killing it defensively for an, an undersized 
Miami Heat team. So who you got finals MVP? I still think that it's LeBron because he's been pretty close to having those triple doubles. I believe it's two games that he's been like one assist or one rebound away from a triple double. Um, the scoring, I know Anthony Davis completely disappeared that one game that the Heat did win, but he bounced back big and he hit that dagger three uh, in game four. Regardless, though, I mean, LeBron's in the finals. He's had his fingerprints all over the finals. He's going to be the finals MVP. Yeah, I got LeBron as my finals MVP. He pretty He's beating uh, Anthony Davis in pretty much every statistical category uh, there is in, in terms of the numbers. So going to give it to LeBron James. I know uh, Anthony Davis kind of closed out this last game. That was a big, uh, big dagger that he hit. But uh, LeBron James, man, without him, the, the Lakers aren't there. And I know it sounds like a broken uh, broken record, but you can arguably give him this or not this award in particular, but you can still make the argument for MVP every year for LeBron James. I mean, he has his teams last year. He, you can say he took a year off with the injury, but other than that, he always has his teams in contention in the finals. It, it's something that we've really never seen before. I know we might have different opinions on, Everybody has a different opinion on who the GOAT is, but LeBron James has, has done something that nobody's ever done before. And for him, and the one thing I will give him to be still be doing it at this age um, is ridiculous. I mean, he still doesn't look like he's lost a step athletically. That's the crazy thing. Like, maybe he's not as explosive as he was in Miami, but he's still arguably like a top 10 athlete, athlete in the NBA right now. And that's probably even selling him short because he's a six nine fucking freight train when he gets going yeah. to this day. So LeBron James uh, about to lock up another another championship. About to go spank Bronny when he gets home. I've been seeing those memes of Bronny and Jimmy Butler. Yeah, uh, because I guess Bronny got caught on Instagram. He was smoking a little doobie or something. Uh, forgot to. <laughs> Just not send it to everybody. I don't know how you do that, but gonna gonna learn young, I guess. Yeah, but LeBron, I mean, a decade of being in the finals, not necessarily winning it, but playing in the finals. It's like whatever team you are, it's they're pretty much saying get LeBron on your team, and then you'll be representing that conference in the finals. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that you'll win it, but just get LeBron on your team and you'll be there. Um, last year with the injury, but I mean, it's pretty crazy. I, this it's an asterisk all over this finals like it doesn't really count or anything but i mean they want it whatever right i mean i think it, i think it kind of counts just no, not at all it doesn't count at all the circumstances are ridiculous to have to be able to go through all of this and still win the title the one thing that i will say is like my interest kind of wasn't there and that kind of goes with a like, I don't have a dog in the fight with the Lakers or the Heat. I could really care less about both teams, but I might not be the only one feeling that way. Uh, I was reading today, and I, I think we have it listed here. the The NBA Finals have record low uh, ratings. Game three registered at an all time low for the NBA Finals. That was, a, that was a college football game that had a better rating than it. Yeah, and I I, I think a lot of people kind of feel the same way as you. They might not feel that the finals right now is, are very valid. I don't think a lot of people were looking forward to maybe seeing the Heat. Maybe the Heat don't have the firepower that people were expecting uh, with Giannis in terms, I guess, the star power, excuse me. Maybe if Giannis were in the finals, it would be a different story. There would be a little bit more. But, I mean, it, it also kind of sucked that. But there is no drama. 
But Bam missed the – well, there was drama because of the injuries, not necessarily bad drama, but kind of like the series is over drama because yep. Bam missed those two games. He did come back, and he has been effective. I'm not saying they would have won those games, but, I mean, look at how competitive last game was. Yeah, but uh, even, though they got, lost, even though they lost, hurt, it was – yeah, he got hurt. And so did Gordon Drogic, another guy who had been starting and averaging 20 for the Heat throughout the playoffs. And now they're without him, and they bump up Tiger Hero into the starting lineup. It comes with the game. It comes yeah, with the game. Sure. I mean, LeBron had Kyrie go down. He had Kevin yeah, Love it comes go with down. the game. Yeah, he rolled out there with Deladova, and he averaged. It happened like, last year to the Warriors. I mean, every year it seems to it, you 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 got to last. It's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's. I mean, I guess the bubble thing would make me put more of an asterisk. But Bam Adebayo getting hurt. It's it's part of the game, like you said. Oh, that no, that yeah. for sure is part of the game. The yeah. the asterisk is just with the no fans, no travel. That well, you know. Speaking of a, uh, a, you know, not asterisks, but I guess disappointments and whatnot. And this is kind of weird, but the other team in LA didn't even make it to the NBA final. Didn't even make it to the conference finals. But these awards are before the playoffs, though. That's true. That's true, but exec of the year to um what's it lawrence frank the gm for the clippers i mean if you pull Kawhi leonard and paul george you got to get exec of the year don't you think yeah but doesn't it also have to like come to well i guess what you're saying is it was a regular season award they were the number two it just, it just looks bad in hindsight uh seeing them you know flame out the way that they did and then I mean, you can make the argument that the team really wasn't constructed that well. I mean, to for what they had to do to get Paul George and the pieces that they had around them. You know, there are times maybe it had to do with coaching, but there are times that that team didn't look like they should be together. Like the pieces didn't didn't of the puzzle didn't really fit. Like, yeah, they had the two star power guys. They had Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard, but uh, what about? Uh, the, the supporting cast. It, it was a hodgepodge of guys. I don't think there's a lot of spacing on the floor whenever uh, Shamit or somebody like Lou Williams, who started shooting like 1% from three, wasn't there. So uh, I don't know. I think it's a little questionable. I don't, I don't Bro, know. I mean, automatic uh, it's, first it's, place. It was between I, him or Palinka. I mean, the Lakers had two first team all NBAs, but the Clippers had two guys in the running for six man and Lou Will Montrezl. They had a guy win it. And he pulled Kawhi and Paul George. I'd I mean, probably go like Pat Riley again or Oklahoma City too. I mean, they had to make a lot of offseason moves, and they both outperformed their respective uh, projections. Uh, I, I think those are two teams that are probably – or two execs that might be a little bit more deserving. But I understand what you're saying. I mean, he pulled two superstars over to his team, and they got to second place. It just looks a little weird, I guess, after how they flamed out. And they went from the eight seed to the two seed in the from last year to this year in the rankings. Like, I mean, the Lakers went from not making the playoffs to the one seed. That's why I say I think it was between the Lakers or the Clippers, to be honest. Yeah. But speaking of GMs and guys, you know, trying to do what they can to get superstars, there's word around the league. And, you know, I was actually thinking about this, too, when I was watching the finals, uh, the Heat. That's a team that if you're a superstar and you're thinking about trying to get yourself into a better situation and maybe setting yourself up for a championship, the Heat are a team that you have to consider because they have Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, I love him. He's obviously good enough as a number one to get you to the finals. 
but I don't know if he's good enough as a number one to win you the finals in today's current landscape. I think he be would benefit from somebody else either being a, an, a 1A and him being a 1B or somebody else coming in and being a 1. 40-point triple-double is tough. I mean, it's hard also, to say he's not a 1 with a 40-point triple-double. Exactly. But they also have all the role players that you need. They, they're built well. Like, I like the way the Heat are built. That's the team that you would want to go to if you're a superstar and say, hey, I'm going to team up with Jimmy Butler, and we also have all these pieces uh, to get it done. And it's not just going to be like what we were just talking about, which I think you can say it's the Clippers, it's Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and, you know, trying to piece together the best roster after that or what we've I seen mean, in the past. Maybe not necessarily the Clippers, but we've seen that in the past. And this this finals run definitely helps them as far as enticing free agents to go to Miami. Not that there needs much, not that there needs to be much enticement. Like I mean, who doesn't want to go live in Miami? That's pretty much a selling point when a lot of people go out there. Is, that was Jimmy Butler. Like, yo, who doesn't want to go to Miami? Like the way of living out there is dope. But the fact that they're not paying that team that much money—it's a bunch of role players. You know, Iguodala, they bought him out of Memphis. Crowder, the same thing traded for him. Heroes on a rookie deal. Duncan Robinson's on a cheap deal. Kendrick Nunn's on a cheap deal. They're not, Bam Adebayo is still on his rookie deal. They're not really paying anybody, so they could sign a big name free agent. And like as far as spending and giving two max contracts, like most teams have in Jimmy Butler and whoever that other guy is. And here's another name that we throw around, and pretty much we say it'll make everybody better, but. I think that Jimmy but I mean not Jimmy Butler, uh Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal would be nice there. I mean, obviously, hey, Mike Evans touchdown. Let's go. Two yard, two yard touchdown, Mike Evans. What what else is new? Yeah. Um, but Bradley Beal, man, like somebody like that that could also play make and shoot. I think that it needs to be another guy that can create his own shot and also have the three-point shot, because that's one thing that Jimmy Butler's struggling with a lot is they're going like underneath every screen on him because they're daring him to shoot. And he's very disciplined about not forcing it and not shooting it, even though they're going underneath. But that's been a way last game that the Lakers really were able to play defense on him down the stretch was, hey, shoot the three, but we know you're not going to shoot it. But then, you know, it's a scramble at the end of the shot clock. Because they're just giving him the shot, giving him the shot. So it needs to be another guy who can create his own shot and pull up from three because the spacing's got to be there. Yeah, but it's just insane to me how some guys like Pat Riley just always find themselves in winning positions. You know, it just goes to it, it attributes to I guess his knowledge as a as a basketball savant, and I, he just knows exactly what he's doing at all times. Um, I would want to team up with Pat Riley. I know there's a lot of talk about how him and LeBron James ended with their with their little rift and him saying that he's in – I don't know what happened, but they, there was just something there that I know didn't sit right with Pat Riley after LeBron James decided to leave uh, Miami. But um, anyways, I, I think the Heat, they have position in terms of max cap space to bring somebody over in 2020 or even in 2021. And they also have trade pieces, too. They want to bring over somebody else in terms of a trade. Uh, they they have some guys that they can give up. Uh, the, the only thing is you trade, and then there goes all that like advantage that you have in the lower pay to make that championship run. Once you trade guys for the superstar, 
uh, compared to just signing the superstar because of all the lower lower end contracts that you have on younger players. So it, it for them, I mean, we could be talking about the Heat as a favorite in the Eastern Conference next year if they go out and land a, a guy to be either a a one A one B to Jimmy, or you know to be a number one and Jimmy be a number two. And we're talking about the Heat as a preseason favorites out of the Eastern Conference next year. I would say. Yeah, no, you won't get much argument out of me there. If, if they do pull up somebody uh, this offseason uh, in terms of using some of that uh, cap space that they have or if whatever they do, I think they're going to be in prime position to compete. If they don't bring anybody over, they're still the top three team in the East, in my opinion. Um, and if they do bring somebody over, they're hands down, hand, yeah, hands down going to be the favorite. Yeah. So uh, the Heat, it's just interesting how they find themselves in this position because I feel like they were maybe an afterthought this year. Not a lot of people – uh, saw them as much of a threat until I, I think you were one of the first people that I heard call them as kind of like a dark horse. So they were he kind just of play a, really hard, man. He built a really good culture there. That's what he did. Yeah, it's the culture. It's it's definitely the culture. That's their hashtag on Twitter, heat culture or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, they have, they still have Udonis Haslam on the roster just for and that it, purpose. And it, yeah, it's like everybody knows Udonis ain't going to play, but he was cussing them out at the, in game two and uh, or game three in one of the one of the huddles. That's what he's there for. He's the vet. He's the Tyson Chandler at the end of the bench. He's the Jared Dudley at the end of the bench. He's the vet on the team, and he's just been with the Heat his whole career and has a lot of rank with them. So his word means a lot there. But I mean, yeah, it's good to have guys like that that don't contribute on the court, but behind the scenes. And that's where you want to go. You want to go to a place that has a good culture, like where if something goes bad or there's like even like a little rumbling in the locker room or something that it's going to get corrected. And it starts with Pat Riley at the top. I think guys respect him. They know what he's trying to build there. They know what it means when they go in there and play for the heat, what's expected of them. And you see it and they get guys that buy into it. Like I, I couldn't believe that people were thinking that Jimmy Butler was a cancer I when, know. when haven't we heard rumblings of him in the locker room, right? But with exactly, the heat, nothing. Honestly, though, even the rumblings that I heard of him, I was on his side. Like the whole thing about him and the Timberwolves and him calling them soft. Yeah. What have the Timberwolves ever done before he got there, after he's left? They haven't done shit. They were only partially competitive while he was there. And, it's yeah, he called them out because they had talent and they weren't playing up to up to their talent. And, and Roland, that's – that's the difference, bro. Like he can call Cat and them soft, and they take it the wrong way, and then he can, you know, treat Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero the same way with the Heat, and those guys will pick up the dog mentality and the confidence instead of, hey, we're teammates. You know what I mean? Like relax, mm-hmm. we're teammates. Jimmy Butler's just holding people accountable. That's and, all there is, and, it's and cool. leading the team. That's it. That's yeah. it. Some guys can handle it. And some guys that are number one, number two picks like Cat and feel entitled, hey, this is my team, bro. You know, you're, Jimmy went to the Timberwolves, which was Cat's team, although not successful. But kind of, you know, it, I guess it rubbed him the wrong way. And he's a young dude, but a complete different culture, man. And it clearly wasn't Jimmy. He wasn't the problem. You just got to put the right group of guys around him that are going to adapt to his mentality. Because if you could have 10 Jimmy Butlers on your team, you want 10 Jimmy Butlers on your team. Exactly. And the whole talk about him being cancer, I hope that's out the window. I hope nobody ever talks it's about that be. again. Because be. he 
he's a leader in every sense of the word. And he's a guy that you want on your team. Um, used to have that, um, maybe he was just a defensive player thing, but he's turned his game into something where he's able to put together a 40 point triple double in the NBA finals. I mean, that's, that's somebody I want on my team. So, And then go look at the franchises that were being, were accusing him of being a cancer. Like look at where they are. I mean, the Timberwolves are not going to be anything and the Sixers are underachieving like usual. So they traded for Jimmy Butler and he played half a season there and said, deuces, remember mm. that. Like they gave up a good amount for him. And he pieced it out on them because Ben Simmons and Embiid, I guess he just, you know, he wasn't well, feeling it. Embiid looks like he has dog in him. It's just that he has like injury stuff. I think it's Ben Simmons that might not. Uh, but we're going to find out this year because I think yeah. – uh, this is the last year that they're going to be together, and if they don't they don't get it done, it's going to be blown up some, in Philly. Some rumors also, though, Roland, of a Ben Simmons trade. See, I can see top two picks. I can see that happening too, um, but we'll see. If culture is a big thing, if you don't take care of stuff that's going on in your organization, it can lead to blowups, which we'll get to a little bit later when we talk about the NFL. But and, that's all that I have for the NBA. Did, is there anything that you want to talk about before uh, we move on from the NBA? No, I mean, it's, we'll see. The season might be coming to an end tonight. I mean, we'll definitely recap it again on the following podcast. We'll go over whatever ends up happening. If it does end tonight or if we get another game. But the bubble, for the most part, man, I mean, I think it did live up to what we expected. I think that it ran as smooth as it possibly could have, aside from that Rockets mishap. Fun times, fun times. But, I mean, it was cool having basketball during the day. Uh, having basketball every day and r it running into football and all that, like, it was cool. We probably won't experience that again. You know what I mean? I always look back on this part of my life and enjoy it because yeah, you're right. Sure. I mean, waking up and having basketball at 11 a.m., that was freaking sweet, even if it was just the the Magic versus the Raptors and the Magic getting blown, blown out of the Magic versus the Nets. I mean, I still woke up for that. But, yeah, the bubble is something we're always going to be able to look look back to. And I think – it actually exceeded my expectations just because the offensive firepower that was there during the bubble, it seemed like guys weren't missing. Uh, yeah. We had a lot of dramatic games, uh, a lot of – there's some buzzer beaters, a lot of upsets, um, a lot of great – I mean, the Suns went 8-0 and in the bubble. I don't think anybody I thought that was going to happen. That's insane. Dame Lillard won an MVP award. Yeah, Dame Lillard won the bubble MVP yeah, man, it was, it was crazy stuff that happened in the bubble. I'm glad it happened. I'm glad the NBA got this done. Um, and it's just going to suck not having basketball for a couple months because I think we all got a little bit a little bit spoiled having basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, football, college football going on, uh, something that will probably yeah, we'll never see. happen again. We'll see, we'll see when the season happens again, man. We'll see how long the, the Lakers want their celebrations to last. And I'm sure once – LeBron's ready to play, you know, everybody will gather up and we'll get a season, but I'm thinking maybe Christmas day. I'm open Christmas be, day, maybe the new year. That'd be pretty cool. Cancun in three. Let's go. Yeah, Cancun on three. Dang. It's been four games already. Four Month games. of the season. Quarter of the season. Four games in the books for the dude, NFL. Dude, and dudes are ready to crown Russell Wilson, the MVP rolling. I mean, he's trending that way. It's hard to argue, but I do say there are some other people that you have to consider in that argument with them right now. I'm right, like the uh, front runners. I mean, he is a front runner right now. Nah, I, think, he's not. 
but he's got two other guys on his heels, I think, uh, that can argue that you can make the argument for and, and being in that uh, MVP discussion. But just for the sake of us being at the quarter uh, the quarter mark of the season, uh, let's go over some potential awards. And I think we hit it with MVP. Who's your quarter season MVP so far? Josh Allen. Okay. Okay. I think Why Josh that? Josh Allen is everything for the Bills. I mean, the Bills have they finally got a rushing touchdown since I believe uh, week fifteen of last year from somebody other than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been balling. Russell Wilson does have one more total touchdown than Josh Allen. Um, but, I mean, the Bills are undefeated. They're undefeated because Josh Allen, he's slinging it. People were saying, oh, the deep ball, he doesn't have the accuracy. They give him Stephon Diggs, and all of a sudden, I mean, the dude's an MVP candidate. Like, that, maybe he just needed to stop throwing to Cole Beasley and get a real target like Stephon Diggs. So with Stephon Diggs and John Brown, everybody over there, I, they look good, bro. I mean, it might affect him if their game does get canceled and he doesn't get the stats for this one week, even though they would pick up the forfeit win. But right now I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Very okay. impressed. Didn't even expect us to be talking about Josh Allen and MVP talks. So I, I like got to go with Josh Allen. I like that. I don't think you are wrong with uh, either three of these guys. I, I really do think it comes down to preference. The only thing I'll say is Russell Wilson does have four more passing touchdowns so far uh, through four games. He has 16, 16 uh, touchdowns to um, Josh Allen's 12. Uh, but my guy uh, is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is doing it again. I mean, people were kind of writing him off. Not writing him off, but people were kind of thinking about, hey, this might be the beginning of the end for Aaron Rodgers. They just drafted a quarterback. We were talking about how they didn't improve the offense. They passed on a guy like Justin Jefferson in favor of Jordan Love when you thought that, hey, they're 13-3, and three, let's go ahead and get them another weapon. They decided to do something else. They ended up drafting A.J. Dillon, and they're not even using because Aaron Jones is going hard right now. Uh, but Aaron Aaron Rodgers, man, 13 passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's at about 71% completion percentage. And his number one receiver is some guy is uh, Alan Lazard. He's throwing to some guy named Alan Lazard's hurt. Tanyan, so, he had – he had people stepping into the waiver wire. Number one on the yeah. on the death chart right now. The guy just gets it done year in and year out. And I think that if he keeps up this pace, they keep on winning. It's you're gonna find it very very hard to get me off of Aaron Rodgers for MVP uh, because I, I think out of all of the the, the three teams there, I, I think he has the least weapons to work with. I, Russell Wilson has a couple of new toys. I mean, he's always had Tyler Lockett. He's got DK Metcalf. Still got a good run game with Chris Carson. Not taking anything away from Russ, but Aaron Rodgers is doing it with with scraps. Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones. With Aaron Jones is his best weapon, exactly. And throwing to a guy named Tanyan. I mean, I'm sure Tanyan's good. It's just crazy. I've never heard of him before. He had people run into the waiver wire to go pick up Tanyan. I was like, who's Tanyan? Exactly. That's all you had to say. Tanyan. Tanyan's the only thing you have to say when you're bringing up Aaron Rodgers. Tanyan, 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 Tanyan. I don't know. I but mean, no Aaron Devontae Rogers. Adams, no Lazard. Like, and he he's going off, too. I mean, it's undefeated guys. I mean, you, you could throw in Patrick Mahomes, although he hasn't had the best. Uh, he had that one game. But, I mean, these undefeated teams, their quarterbacks – are putting up good stats, and I think we're only a quarter of the season done, but 
it's going to come down to who's got the best record, I would think, unless somebody breaks some crazy record, whether it's the touchdown or the yardage record. Um, well, Dak might break the yardage record, but I don't have an MVP. I mean, record. Russ is on pace to throw like 64 touchdowns right now. He is, so, he is. Um, if he keeps that up, it's going to be hard also to, to get people off of him for MVP, and especially if his team keeps on winning, Correct. which I think they're going to. I think they're the Niners are banged That's up. Good, they, they find, yeah, they find themselves in a good position to win that division. So uh, kudos to Russ. He has his team in prime position to win. Uh, but for me personally right now, for what, what I've seen, I'm just giving him credit for doing it with almost nothing. I'm going Aaron Rodgers as my quarter season MVP. Yeah, and and Josh Allen does have three rushing touchdowns, so that's why he has 15 total TDs and Wilson has 16, although Wilson does have four more passing TDs and total TDs. Josh Allen's right there. And I do think that if Justin was here, he would have picked Russell Wilson, you know, just so our Seahawks viewers mm -hmm. don't get mad. All right, we're just going with who we really think. And I've been on this Josh Josh Allen bandwagon. I'm gonna keep riding it, but I do think Justin would have gone with Russell Wilson. All right, let's go to maybe one that might not have so much argument. This might be a quick one. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. I think we're both gonna say Joe Burrow. Can we say that though? Has Herbert not has Herbert not been lighting it up? I mean, but Joe Burrow has a couple more games on him. I think Justin Herbert's only played two. That's fair. Uh, and Joe Burrow's gone for 300 yards. Yeah, Joe Burrow. But quarter season, I do think that Herbert – Quarter season, exactly. Herbert did get named the starter today officially. Officially mm -hmm. got named the starter. Man, I don't feel bad for Tyrod. I mean, he didn't, do. even, didn't even lose his job because of play. He lost his job because of a dumb dumb doctor. Yeah. I got to feel for him there, man. But, hey, he's going to be a backup. Hopefully uh, he'll get a shot to shine if uh, something happened. God forbid something happens to Herbert. But – Hate to lose your job that way, but yeah, Joe Burrow. Uh, he, looks, he looks like he's the number one pick. Look, looks like the Bengals got something in him. He's gonna have some some rough games in there. I mean, he's on a bad team, but uh, that team's fun to watch uh, on offense with Joe Burrow uh, behind uh, behind center, so or under center, excuse me. All right, so let's just I guess move on to the defensive side of the field. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. I'm just gonna go with what's. I guess consensus right now, or not really consensus, but you know, I'm going to go with uh, I guess Antoine Winfield, the safety for the the Buccaneers. Uh, he's shown that he's the safety that they want. He's going across the field. He's making plays um, sideline to sideline. Looks like they got a good one in Winfield. The only other guy I can think of maybe is Patrick Queen, uh, the the That's linebacker for the for the, the Ravens. Ravens. That's who, yeah. that's who's going to be my pick. I think Chase Young, man, was looking like a lot yeah. to win it yeah. until the injury. But, yeah, I'll go with Patrick Queen from the Ravens. He's okay. done pretty well for them. Stepped yeah. in right away. Who is your comeback player of the year, quarter quarter year? Comeback player of the year. Shit. I mean, it might be recency bias, but – I want to give it to Odell just based off the week he just had. Okay. I mean, okay. It, like I said, it might be a lot of recency bias and just we hadn't seen Odell do that in how long? Um, for, he's, for a while. People over. And it's been two question. weeks now that he's got it in the end zone. He's kind of getting back into rhythm. Um, just off the top of my head, I would go Odell. Maybe I can think of somebody else 
while, yeah. while you throw yours? For me, I'm going to have to go with uh, Cam Newton, even though he tested positive with COVID. Uh, right. and he didn't play in this last game, but he did have them um, one yard away from a 3-0 start. I mean, he had them down there in Seattle, got stuffed on that goal line, um, the goal line dive that he's never been stuffed on before. I uh, got stopped there at the last uh, last play of the game, end up losing. But other than that, Cam's played pretty well. He had a really good game against the Seahawks in that game that they lost. He played against Russell Wilson and looked the part. I mean, Cam Newton yeah. is healthy. He is, I mean, well, not healthy now. He has COVID. I don't know if he's um, tested negative yet and is good to go. But um, in terms of his physical health and his foot and his shoulder, the stuff that's been giving him trouble, he's right. he's healthy. And that's yeah. what we were saying going into the season. All it takes for Cam is his health. And if he's healthy, he's able to go. You got yourself a productive player. And as long as he's able to get back on the field, and COVID doesn't like interrupt the season or anything. I think Cam still finds himself in the driver's seat um, for defensive player of the year. But a name that I see there right now that's kind of interesting, and I'm just going to say it because I was laughing at him and I felt bad because I, I was laughing at him. Alden Smith, Dallas Cowboys defensive end. I was, and I take it, Alden Smith, I'm sorry. I hope you can understand why it might have been funny that people were touting you as, you know, like a secret weapon. I was like, oh, my God, how can they say he looks like a monster in practice? Because that was the word. That's what people were saying. Alden Smith looks like a monster. Watch out. Watch out. The Cowboys might have something here. And I'm thinking to myself, we haven't seen this guy in five years. How can he look like a monster? What are the Cowboys talking about? Of course the Cowboys are going to say that. They, they were excited about Randy Gregory and what's happened there. But Alden Smith? He's looked pretty good. I mean, the, the Cowboys have not necessarily looked very good on defense, but Alden Smith is arguably and the bright spot. best. Yeah, he's been one of the bright spots. So props to Alden Smith. I'm glad you got your head straight. Hopefully you can stay straight. Yeah, I mean, you're only 31. I imagine you got two or three productive years if you're healthy since you have um, all of this rest accrued, you know, through suspensions and whatnot. Not trying to crack a joke, but – you you have fresh legs at thirty one. You're you're for being thirty one years old. Your legs are pretty fresh. So um, other two guys rolling just off the top. Now that I had a little more time to think, I think Teddy Bridgewater could be considered uh, for comeback player with the season that he's having and not being a starting quarterback for however long that it was. <clears throat> and the other one, shit, now I'm blanking out on it. Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, he just had himself a good game. If he puts a couple of more together, I can see that as well. He was and oh Melvin Gordon from the holdout last year. I think Melvin Gordon has had a, a strong start for the Broncos. So he could, I guess you could say, be considered a comeback player of the year based off of his holdout last season and missing all of those games. Alrighty. Moving on from comeback player of the year. Let's go from a, a non-player award. Let's go to coach of the year. Coach of the year, I think, is pretty interesting. I, I do think you got to go to the record. On this one, maybe who? What are the the four and O teams? Uh, for me, I'm probably gonna go with who you had as uh, the MVP. I like what Sean McDermott's doing uh, with the Bills. Uh, the Bills have started four and O. They've traveled East Coast, West Coast. I believe they traveled o over to L no, no, no. They got the Rams at home. But anyways, the the Bills have done everything that they're supposed to do. 
And Got this it. was a year that they were supposed they're supposed to challenge for the AFC East and potentially win it. And I think they're they're doing what they need to right now. So I'm I'm giving it to Sean McDermott. Yeah, that's who I was gonna pick too. And but just to not be the same and not pick a team that's undefeated, I'm gonna go with another Sean uh, over at the, the the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I I don't think that anybody had the Rams at three and one um, coming into this season. I think that everybody had the Rams pick last to f- pick l- to finish last in their division, and right now, I mean, they're looking like it's going to be the Seahawks and them battling for the division once they play each other, uh, based off all the Niners injuries uh, throughout the season. So I'm going to go with Sean McVay, right? Sean McVay. Yeah, Sean McVay. Sean McVay. I'll go with Sean McVay just to be, you know, outside of the box. Yeah, and he was somebody that was having, you know, people question him. Uh, whether or not he was truly like an offensive genius or offensive guru. guru. I know there was uh, some talk about that. So let's uh, move over. Well, this will be the last one that we do. Uh, I went to defensive rookie of the year, but uh, what about defensive player of the year? Uh, I think that, well, I mean, Darnold, right? Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett has been playing really well. Sam Darn, I mean, not Sam Darnold, uh, Aaron Darnold. Uh, Aaron Donald. Um, I'd probably go <sighs> Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's looked really good for the Browns. I think he has probably, I think he might have the, the most Me. sacks. He has five sacks so far through four games. Uh, he leads the league in forced fumbles with three, and he has two recoveries. Uh, so Miles Garrett. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? And McCourty's out with COVID yeah. last year's defensive player of the year. So, I mean, he looks really good. I like Miles Garrett. I'm, I'm glad he's putting some of the stuff behind him with what happened last yeah, year that's... Uh, between him and um, Mason Rudolph, who's not even playing right now. Perfect way to bounce back, man. I mean, because mm-hmm. he, he got the captain C stripped from him, I believe, in the offseason due to that – due to that uh, – mess at the end of the last season so it good to see him bouncing back all righty those are the quarter season awards uh if you guys uh, out there that are listening to the podcast have any different opinions go ahead and chime in this is one uh that we just wanted to go to go through and have a little bit of fun um because i mean it's only four games for the season but um i didn't expect like the bills to be four and oh i don't think anybody expected the rams to be three and one um, at this point in the season. So it's cool to go over these awards and, and see where we end up. So we had Aaron, I had Aaron Rodgers for MVP. Uh, ben had Josh Allen. Let's see where both of these guys end up in the, the grand scheme of things. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of, of quarterbacks, uh, we just were talking about Dak, not Dak. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a guy who got paid recently. Maybe a Dak, year or two ago. Let's get to a guy who would be in MVP discussions if the team was just winning the games. Yeah, that seems to be the only thing that's holding the Dak back from a solidifying his uh, status as the MVP and b solidifying his status as the the quarterback of the Cowboys for the future with a, a lucrative that contract to be paid. Yeah. that seems to be escaping him. But you know, you, you kind of find yourself thinking. Are his numbers a little inflated because of the situations that he finds himself in? His defense can't stop anybody, so he's constantly having to 
um, make up and try and I mean, he's the only guy that's thrown over 50 times a game, I think every game or something like that, or he's averaging over 50 tosses a game, something crazy. I, I just know he's throwing the ball more than everybody else in the league right now, but he's completing the passes. He's looking good doing it. I mean, what more does the guy have to do other than win the games? But he, he's only one guy. All of these things that are bad problems for the Cowboys as far as the defense are great problems for Dak. Because yeah. the more that he throws the ball, the more that his price tag goes up as long as the stats are there. And I think right now he's on pace to break the single-season yardage mark by some ridiculous number just due to the fact that the Cowboys are being they're, – they're playing shootouts. Uh, you know, the Browns had 30 points at halftime this past week. The Browns, who are, you know, the, the number one running team in the league, had 30 points. So Dak is having to fight back pass the ball and just air it out. So that's how you're going to end up with 500 yards passing every game. But, you know, the defense being that terrible, that's not Dak's problem. No, um, it's not. But a big problem for the Cowboys, man, because the numbers that Dak is going to have at the end of the season based off of the game scripts that they're going to be in, this week it might not be that way because they play against the Giants. They might finally have one where it's more of a Zeke game, you mm -hmm. know, where it's Cowboys controlling the clock out to the early lead. But these DAC numbers are ridiculous, and the price tag, if it's not going up, it's definitely now like, okay, this guy has to get at least the $40 million because yeah. we can't expect Andy Dalton to be going in there and throwing for 500 yards like that. I know that we said that Andy Dalton was probably the best backup in the NFL, so on and so forth, but 500 yards just about every game. Now, I know they haven't won them all, but they've been in the games, you know, coming back, but he's giving them a chance. And that's all you can ask for. The defense can't stop anybody. So the, the Cowboys are better doing this sooner than later, man. Sooner rather than later, I would think. But what's the deal? Are the negotiations stalled out until the end of the season? Um, no, I don't, I don't. I really don't know what the word is. I tried looking for anything that I could find as far as negotiations were concerned. And I think the thing is they're one in three right now. I don't think that the Cowboys want to negotiate. I'm pretty sure Dak is looking at his numbers and is like, well, hey, I can probably get myself a contract right now. But fact of the matter is you're one in three. You're a team that people, again, were jumping on the bandwagon and saying, hey, this is a team that has potential. And you're not performing up to that, up to those expectations, excuse me. Uh, I think things are a little bit stalled right now. I think they're waiting to see what happens with the team. I think there's no doubt that Dak is worth the money. I mean, there's again, there's only so much he can do. We saw another quarterback for the Cowboys put up great numbers year in and year out and get wasted away. Tony Romo he might not have put up the crazy numbers as Dak, but Tony Romo has found himself in a shootout or two where he threw for 500 or 600, whatever. I still remember that Broncos game, 51-48. You know, the Cowboys, it's – the way that the team is built it's not Dak's fault that the team is built broken like that it's not at all he's doing his piece if the Cowboys don't pay him somebody else is going to pay him this offseason and that's a fact so no doubt uh, Dak is a deserving uh, candidate for one of those lucrative contracts let's just see what ends up happening uh, but it's definitely a weird situation uh, the team is one and three right now uh, new coach Probably not going to get fired, but not an ideal start. But, was you know, it, speaking what, of what's what, that? What, was it 
I mean, the whole thing was get Garrett. Like, let's before we transition, because I know where you were going with this. What is your take on this, though? Was it a step up? Was was McCarthy a step up from Garrett? Was it a step sideways to buy time? I uh, mean, you were the fan. Like, it kind of looks like a lateral move to me right now. But the one thing that I will say, and maybe like the little bit of bail that I'll shoot for the time being is the team is decimated with injuries right now. Our secondary, I, I don't even know who is out there besides Trayvon Diggs. Like, he is a rookie, and he's the best player suiting up. We re-signed Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr. We re-signed Brandon Carr, cut him again after a game. We had some guy named Anthony Warley trying to D up, um, trying to D up OBJ and get, get torched for it. Diggs has looked decent. Lyle Collins, fair, or, you know, has he has been good, but he shouldn't be the number one out there. Right, right, right. Um, Lyle Collins has been hurt, IR. Uh, Tyron Smith is probably going to be out, IR. Uh, we lost Travis Frederick in the offseason. I've been dealing with a lot of injuries. And the, it's not, not ideal in this type of season. The fumbling thing that we've seen from the Cowboys, which is uh, like, you know, when I, in talking to some friends that are Cowboys fans, like, oh, if it wasn't for the fumbles, the fumbles, you know, because it's been weekly. It's not like if it was just like a one-game thing. It seems like they've been coughing up the ball. Is that coaching or is that on the players? Like, do you go back and practice that or is that like too junior high-ish uh, stuff to do or is that something that you go back to and fix? I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think some of it is kind of dis discipline. Just, you know, just – being disciplined and that does go back to coaching. So that's, you know, the question right now that I was seeing that was floating around. And I think it's the, the bigger question is um, the effort. People are saying that the effort might not always be there. And the effort is usually an indication of the coaching. And right now in the press conferences that just went on today, Xavier Woods alluded to the, uh, to effort. Jalen Smith alluded to effort but the coaches downplayed it because the coaches, you don't want to hear um, effort stuff or effort questions. Cause that just means that your message isn't getting across to the players. Um, but uh, I, I'm going to, going to give it a little bit more time just cause like I said, there's a lot of injuries um, that the Cowboys are having to deal with right now, but definitely, definitely need to see an improvement regardless of the injuries. It can't be uh, another four games and another one and three record. Uh, that's Not a that's going to be bad. Got to beat the Giants like yep. handedly, right? The, 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 the Giants. East is there to, to still take. I mean, we're not out of it. I mean, that's why there's not so much of a panic for me right now. That's why I'm not calling for anybody's job. That's why I'm not getting in fights with my coach at practice and then getting him fired um, <laughs> afterwards. Uh, man. All right, let's transition. All right, let's transition, bro. J.J. Watt. I never would have thought that I'd, I would hear him. Uh, being the one that gets in a blow up with the coach, that surprised me a little bit, to be honest. But what do you I think, mean, Ben? You're the Texans insider. I, I think what he said in the in the presser, uh, what, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, is he said, I finally want to feel a uh, connect with the fans again because every text, it was just O'Brien, O'Brien, O'Brien at all of these guys. Hopkins left because of O'Brien. The Honey Badger, we didn't re-sign him because of O'Brien. Clowney, we didn't re-sign him because of O'Brien. So, I mean, J.J. Watt might have saved some years off of Deshaun Watson, you know, throwing throwing away some years off of his career. 
Because if J.J. Watt doesn't step up, I mean, look at all the other guys that got shipped off. My brother made this point. All the guys that I just named. But as soon as J.J. Watt is the one to speak up, it's like, oh, okay, now the owners are listening. And no, Bob, you got to go. Uh, you got to go on this one because J.J. Watt's not going anywhere. So weird that it took J.J. Watt of all people because, honestly, it's the last person that I expected. Um, but it's the person who I guess it had to come from for the owner finally to get some sense smacked into their head. I don't want to say a white player because he also is the most known Texan, but it seems like, you know, all the other guys were Clowney, Tyron Matthew, uh, all, Hopkins, all the other dudes we had problems with about baby mamas coming around the locker room, mm -hmm. whatever it may be for JJ Watt to be the guy to, you know, finally go at him. And then out of all places at practice, not in his office, or, you know, it was there at practice in front of everybody. And it said that he questioned his coaching ability. So, I mean, when, when your star player, the face of your franchise, whether it's him or Watson, questions your coaching ability in front of the whole team, the whole locker room has been lost. And there's no there's no coming back from that. So, it was the last string. I'm glad it happened. And I'm excited for the coaching search and the GM search. Who do you have um, on, on your on your sides? The coach that I want, I want the Chiefs offensive coordinator, Benemy. Yeah, Benemy's a hot name. I was going to say him. Eric Benemy, guaranteed, like, number one pick. A guy that some of Texans Twitter has been throwing around for GM, and I wasn't for it, but then I heard the reasoning behind it and the teams that he's built. John Dorsey, the guy who was just with the Browns. And, I mean, he took some chances while with the Browns, traded for Odell. Brought in Kareem Hunt after that whole debacle that he had and getting kicked off the Chiefs. He took the chance on Kareem Hunt. He's just been a guy to bring in talent. Uh, he, I don't necessarily agree with it because, I mean, like, the Browns are now being successful after he left, although it is the pieces that he brought in that are, you know, they, they just got the right coach finally, I guess, the Browns. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was definitely not the answer, and that's part of John Dorsey because he's the one that chose him. But – Another name, Lewis Reddick, who was on ESPN. They said oh, he, yeah, that he interviewed uh, last year for a couple of jobs and set a real good impression. He's a young mind. I just don't know what the Texans want, man. I, I, the one thing that I don't want is for them to promote from within. That is the one thing that cannot happen. We, God, we cannot promote from within because all those people that are there are Bill O'Brien's crew. So, I mean. That's why I'm so hung up on this. It's this gonna Sunday. have to be somebody that, uh, as far as a coach for me, it's gonna have to be somebody that um, fits for Deshaun Watson. You know, you're gonna want to give him a connection like what Patrick Mahomes has with Andy Reid. Yeah. I, I think that's the ideal thing. You're gonna want to pair him with an offensive mind. I like Eric Benemy. I, I mean, Josh McDaniels is another guy that's always thrown out there, but I wouldn't mind him. I mean, look at what Lincoln he's doing. Riley. With him. Lincoln Riley is another guy. Dabble Speedy already shot it down. Who Dabble Speedy? He shot it down already. Deshaun's former coach at Clemson. He was a name being thrown around by Texans fans, but he shot it down at a press conference. I do like pairing Deshaun Watson up with an offensive line. Somebody that's going to benefit Deshaun Watson. He's your best player. You want a coach that's going to be able to exemplify his best attributes. You want somebody who's not going to protect him but unleash him, bro. And Bill O'Brien was protecting him. And he needs to be unleashed. He needs to be unlocked. 
he needs to be let go. Um, so I'm excited for the process. Um, they said that they want to hire a GM before they hire a coach. So we'll see how the how the GM search goes. For now, Romeo Cornell stepping up as an interim head coach. He's going to be the oldest head coach in NFL history at 73 years old this Sunday. Damn, he's still doing it. He's still around. Yeah. yeah, still around. And let's see if, like I was saying earlier, if the play calling changes for the Texans. Tim Kelly, this dude who was supposedly calling the place to start the season, but now it comes out that O'Brien was still had his hand in everything and – which is why the play calling looked very similar to what we've had forever. So we'll see this Sunday if we open it up and let Deshaun take more chances downfield and air it out more. There we go. I like it. I like it. Um, let's get into the slate. You want to get into the slate? Let's start A little bit you, you Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the games. Let's talk about the we'll, – we'll get into players that are injured in the game if it's important while we talk about the yeah, game. Let's talk about that, yeah. All righty. Let's get into it. Uh, we're not going to do the Thursday night game. Uh, that one's going on. I think it's the while we're broadcasting. It's thirteen to seven. I think the Bears just scored a touchdown. Uh, Who scored? Was it David Montgomery? I think oh, I saw. Uh, you have him scored a touch. I think it was a rushing touchdown. It was a in red zone opportunity. So nothing too crazy out there. Um, let's see here. Let's go on to – and we're going to do this with the spread. We got the Bengals versus the Ravens. They're, the Bengals are traveling to Baltimore, and the uh, Ravens find themselves as 13-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, Ravens might not have had the best start to the year. It uh, looks like they might be getting into a little bit of a swing. The offense looked a little bit better last week. Um, the Bengals seem to be a team that's going to have a lot of fight. I see a little bit of a backdoor opportunity here. Give me the Bengals and the 13 and a half. Yeah, that's a lot of points considering it's not the Jets that are the opponent. Um, if, it, if, it, if they were giving 13 against the Jets, I would take it. But Joe Burrow has shown that he can move the offense. Joe Mixon finally busted loose this past game. And we saw the Redskins rookie running back Gibson have some success against the Ravens also. So, uh, yeah, it's a division game. Give me the Bengals to keep it interesting and within two touchdowns. All righty, let's go on to the next game. We got the Arizona Cardinals. They're traveling out east to play the New York Jets. We got a 2-2 two and two team playing an 0-4 and four team, and they have the Cardinals as a seven-point favorite. Let's yeah. just start this one, Ben. The Cardinals have actually, you know, after starting off 2-0, and oh, they've – let their foot off the gas, and they've actually been a pretty big letdown in two spots where they were favored and not underdogs, like the two games that they won. They dropped the game to the Lions. Oh, what a hit. Damn, what a hit. Um, but I expect them to bounce back this week, not lose three in a row. I mean, if there's a team that you're going to bounce back again, it's the New York Jets. Sam Darnold isn't playing. It's going to be Joe Flacco starting for him. Maybe it's an upgrade. I don't think it's an upgrade. Um, but give me the Arizona Cardinals to at least win by 10 points. I know they are a little banged up on the secondary, but Joe Flacco is not a guy who can take advantage of it, and the Jets just have Jamison Crowder. They do get Le'Veon Bell back this week. I don't know how much they're going to use him. He's coming off the IR, but give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals minus seven. Yeah, not going to get much out of me here. I'm not backing the Jets of single digits. Give me the Cardinals minus seven. I think this one's going to be easy. The offense is going to look good. Uh, Kyler Murray is going to roll. Give me the Cardinals minus seven. 
Uh, interesting matchup here. Got another West Coast team going out east. Uh, got the Rams at 3-1 and one going out and playing the Washington football team. The Rams find themselves as 7.5-point favorites. Uh, they're coming off a loss last week, right? They lost. No, they won't. Yeah, they got they the, beat the Giants. Oh, they beat the Giants. There you go. So they were 2-1. They and one. The three previous week now. The it was an ugly game. That's yeah, right. There's there the, um, the Golden Tate, Jalen Ramsey um, affair there at the, the end of the game. They just got in a, in a fight, and everybody blocked it off. It was pretty cool to see. Uh, but the the Redskins, they're switching over to Kyle Allen uh, from Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Is it enough? Harris, Ron, uh, no, I don't think so. I just I don't think they have anybody that they can trust that quarterback um, on that team. So they're just going to shuffle it and see what happens. I think Dwayne Haskins might find himself the starter one more one more time this year. He's now the uh, third stringer. Yeah, he's at the, what's just crazy to hear. But I mean, he hadn't been playing really well. You, I mean, you can only rest on your draft pick uh, status for so long before uh, people get tired of it. And, and he's it not a Ron Rivera guy either. Exactly. Um, so give me the give me the Rams uh, here as seven seven and a half point favorites. One by Roland, just real quick, the number two guy is Alex Smith. Do we see Alex Smith? play in an NFL game this year? I think we might, maybe towards the end of the year. Crazy. Yeah. All right, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to take Los Angeles, the quarterback change, the injuries to the Washington defense. I know that Kyle Allen did play under Ron Rivera with the Panthers. He was the guy that went in there when Cam Newton went down last year, but I don't have much faith in them and uh give me the give me the Rams to bounce back this week. Bounce back and win convincingly. They did win last week, but bounced back and looked good. All righty. Now we got an, an all-East Coast matchup. Got the banged-up Philadelphia Eagles going up against the the Pittsburgh Steelers who are coming off a, a bye. They were supposed to play last week, but they got affected by the Titans' dirty dirty selves, not being able to to stay home. Um, so we got the the, uh, the Steelers at 3-0 at home against the, the Eagles. And the Steelers, seven-point favorites against the – the Eagles, what, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, the Eagles are so banged up. I think that they get Alshon Jeffrey back this week. It's a touchdown. Give me the Steelers. I, yeah, I like the Steelers too, man. I just don't see, like, Miles Sanders. I, I don't see him breaking loose, and Zach Ertz has looked like crap. The The Eagles squeaked one out against the, the Niners. Give me the Steelers just to dominate. A low-scoring game, but, like, 17 to 3, 20 to 7, something like that. I like the Steelers in a in a teaser, seven point teaser down to PK. Oh, gonna yeah. be, a, be a lot of my action this week for sure. Um, all right, Ben, this one's all you, man. Jacksonville Jaguars, one and three, the, traveling to Houston, 0 and four. Houston, though, six point favorites. Crazy, that's crazy. I don't like that, so I'm going to pick the Jags to cover. I do think that we win, but six points is a lot for a team that's 0-4. Usually we do see teams play well after a head coach gets fired. Uh, the, the following week after a, a, the coaching change, teams usually rally and play well. And, I mean, honestly, if the Texans are going to win a damn game, this is going to be the first game that they win. Um, although the Jags offenses look competent, they can move it. But we're just going to have to make more plays than them. I think it's going to be closer than expected. The Texans win, but give me the Jags plus six. All right, give me the Texans. I think they're going to they're going to come out have an offensive explosion. They're going to play motivated now that they're not under Bill O'Brien holding them back anymore. 
I think we're going to see Deshaun Watson's best game. I still think they're more talented than the Jaguars. I don't think the Jaguars have a lot of talent on that team. And I think they're going to play for Romeo Cornell. So give me the Houston Texans a minus six. And I, I think at right. worst it's a push. I hope you're right. Oh, Jimmy Graham might have scored a touchdown. He dropped it. All righty. AFC West matchup. We Las got. Vegas Raiders, two and two. The Raiders. Kansas City, four and oh. Patrick Mahomes, non-socially distant encounter with Stephon <laughs> Gilmore. Seems to be in the clear right now. Seems to be in the clear. But Kansas City finds themselves as 13-point favorites. I find that to be a little crazy. Mm-hmm. I find that to be a little crazy. And I'm probably going to punch myself for doing this. But give me John Gruden. Give me the Raiders. Derek Carr has not looked that bad. He's looked competent this year. They've been running the ball well. Give me the 13 points, man. I agree. I agree. Like I said, 13, over 10 points when it's not the Jets involved. Um, I mean, the the Raiders have been able to move the ball on teams. It's just finishing in the red zone. It's Waller and it's Jacobs. I mean, that's pretty much what their offense comes down to. And but listen, pretty well. Gruden's done a decent job to where they're moving. Oh, now that's a Jimmy Graham touchdown. And listening, listening audience, again, we're not betting on every single one of these games. Right. We're doing this for the pick 'em. I probably won't bet this game. It's just a one of those games. Maybe I'll tease um, seven points to the Raiders and give myself twenty points to play with. Uh, but you just never know with the Chiefs, man. With that offense, it looks like they might be hitting stride. Uh, ben mentioned that Patrick Mahomes uh, just had himself a really good game. McCole Hardman had himself his best game. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm probably going to pass on this game in terms of betting, but for the pick em, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Raiders. Division game also. Division game. Take the dog. So this game that we're about to go over just got moved to Tuesday. It's the Buffalo Bills 4-0 at the Tennessee Titans 3-0. Oh, the game is currently off the board right now. There's no line. So we're going to come back to this one. If anything, if uh, you guys are playing along with us on ESPN on the pigskin pick them, keep monitoring this game. I I don't see a line for it yet. And that's probably because they don't know who's going to be on the roster for the Tennessee Titans because of people getting sick and whatnot. So we'll come back to that one later. Okay, this is another game that I think got moved uh, because of Stephon Gilmore getting sick. So Stephon Gilmore is still out. I don't know what the status is on Cam Newton. Uh, but this game is also off the board. Sorry, I don't have a line for it. Um, Carolina Panthers, 2-2 two and two at the Atlanta Falcons, 0-4. Oh is Dan Quinn still the coach after this week? Surprise. Oh, oh, I was going to say. Falcons she's... find themselves one-point favorites. That's crazy. Huh? The Owen, I mean, but then again, the 0-4 Texans are six-point favorites. The 0-4 Falcons are one-point favorites. I like the – I like the Vikings here, man. I, I'm not even thinking twice about it. You mean the Panthers? I, I, I no. I is it the? Oh, it's the Panthers. Panthers Falcons. My bad. I like the Panthers in this one. It is a division matchup. Teddy's looked good. I don't know if Julio Jones going to play. I don't know if Ridley's going to play. I mean, the the Falcons are desperate, but give me the Panthers. I like what I've seen from them. Okay. I'm going to agree. I like Teddy Bridgewater. The defense for the Falcons has not looked very good at all. Uh, Teddy Two Gloves, man. He just gets it done. He's what you want. He's slow and steady. He's not going to put up any crazy numbers. 
but he's going to get the job done. He's not going to be the reason why you lose most times. He will throw a pick or two here and there, but for the most time, or for the most part, he's a prototypical game manager. He's a solidified starter in the league. He deserves to be a starter, and he's going to get them the dub here. So Carolina um, outperforming. Uh, I, I didn't think they would be two and two right now. Uh, they could very well find themselves three and two and welcoming back Christian McCaffrey. So uh, let's see where they can go under a first year coach in that rule. All righty. Now we got an NFC least matchup. We got the New York Giants 0-4 traveling to the Cowboys who aren't much better at 1-3. I know I've given all my Texans friends shit for being 0-4, but fact of the matter is I don't have much more to be happy about at 1-3. You all took care of your problem, which was your coach, and nothing's changed. Nonetheless, the Cowboys find themselves as 10-point favorites. It's a lot. It's a lot of points. But I think they're going to blow the brakes off of the Giants. I don't think the Giants are going to be able to score with them. The Cowboys' offense has scored on everybody. It's not going to be any different with the Giants. Give me the Cowboys to cover the number. I'm not backing the Giants. I'll back the Giants just because the Cowboys stopping the Giants. I mean, they'd have to stop them two times to cover nine and a half. Do you think that the Cowboys stop anybody two times? Just going to stop the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones will stop himself. He'll he'll do something to stop himself. I'm still going to give me the Giants in the nine and a half. All right. Okay, we got got an AFC South team in this next one. Uh, AFC South versus AFC North matchup. Two teams that find themselves three and one. Uh, I, the Browns aren't in the driver's seat, but the Colts are. So it's Colts going to Cleveland to play the Browns, both three and one. The Colts find themselves as road favorites. Once a, I think they were three-point favorites on the road against the Bears last week. They're two-point favorites on the road against the Browns this week. They covered last week. Do they cover this week? I don't think that they do. I like the Browns. I don't like what I've seen from Phillip Rivers. I mean, he's made T.Y. Hilton non-existent. Um, there, he's not pushing the ball downfield. I like what the I like what the Browns have been doing. I like the way the way their defense has been playing. I like the way they've been running the ball. I like the fact that Kareem Hunt is now the starter because I prefer him over Nick Chubb, personally. Personally, um, so I'm gonna go with the Browns to win at home. They've been playing good. I like them to keep it up here. I'm gonna follow you on this one. Um, I backed the Colts last week, but that's because I just I don't trust the Bears, uh, and I think the Colts are still better than the Bears. But the Browns, they look like they might be hitting an offensive stride. We're seeing the best uh, Odell that we've seen in a while. Miles Garrett and that defensive line is ferocious. And even though the Colts do have a good offensive line, uh, Phillip Rivers can't move for shit. So he's going to find himself getting sacked a lot. I, I have a pick or two predicted for Phillip Rivers. If you have a Phillip Rivers interception prop, and if it's at over a half, you take it. Don't even think about it. Uh, you're, you're not going to lose that bet a lot of times. I, I took that bet on, on Baker Mayfield a lot last year and cashed on it because he was an interception machine last year. But I think we can see a pick from Phillip Rivers, so look out for that game prop. But, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tail bet on this one. I'm going uh, Browns uh, plus two, Browns money line. Uh, Browns in a teaser. I like Browns uh, plus nine, Steelers PK, AFC North teaser, seven points right there. Uh, but give me the Browns in this one. All right. uh, I think we're almost done here, but uh, moving on to the next one, uh, we got a East Coast, yeah, East Coast team in the the Dolphins traveling out west to play the San Francisco 49ers, who are starting to get a little bit more healthy. 
starting to get a little bit more of their weapons back, and I think that's being shown in the line. They're eight-and-a-half-point favorites against the Dolphins. Do you think uh, Fitzpatrick has a backdoor cover in him? If Garoppolo plays, I like them to cover this. Right now it's trending that he is going to play. I mean, they're still not getting that defensive line back. Those guys are out for the season. They're still out Richard Sherman, also in the secondary. But they might be getting uh, Mostert back this week. I just think that San Fran might be able to control the game and keep that Miami offense off of the field. Like, Not that they're scary or anything, but they can move it up and down. I think that the 49ers will be able to close out this game with the ball, running the ball getting a first down and not getting backdoored. So I'll take the Niners minus the eight and a half. Interestingly enough, Miami, they have not lost a game by more than 10 points this year. And the three games that they've lost, 80% of the public right now, as of this writing, um, is on the Dolphins and the eight and a half points. 82% is on them right now. But I'm actually going to follow the sharp action, and I'm going to follow Ben here again, and I'm going to take, the, the large uh, favorite in here with uh, San Francisco. And I think, they're like I said, they're getting a bunch of their weapons back. Uh, they're going to start rolling here soon. And that's because they were look, they looked pretty good without their main weapons um, in a couple of games without them. So uh, give me the 49ers here to go three and two and cover. Uh, we got next, we got their NFC West foe in the Seattle Seahawks. They're welcoming the Minnesota Vikings. Seattle's 4-0. Minnesota's one and three. Russell Wilson, as we all know, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions so far through the season. Seattle finds themselves as seven-point favorites at home. I feel like the Vikings and the the Seahawks always play each other pretty close. Uh, It's it's probably going to be a high-scoring game. The Seahawks' defense isn't very good. They're bottom of the league in terms of uh, defensive variance when it comes to the the pass defense. 32nd. Yeah, they're ranked 32nd. Um, give me Minnesota plus seven. Keep it a close game. Yeah, I do think that the Seahawks win this game, but the Seahawks are never in blowout wins. They're always in close victories. Uh, we also have the ball at the end and probably put them in field goal range or score the touchdown. But the Vikings will stay within the number just because the Seahawks can't stop anybody. And Justin Jefferson has a big game. <laughs> just had to throw that one there. Um, moving on. Moving on, though. We got the New Orleans Saints. The They're welcoming game. the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert uh, into night. The, the Superdome. Monday night game. This is the last game on the slate uh, that we have a line for. New Orleans finds themselves as eight-point favorites. The Chargers have looked pretty good. They're a scrappy football team. Uh, Justin Herbert looks like he's worth that number six pick. I know Anthony Lynn uh, was huge on, on that pick. He said that even though he loved Tyrod, Justin Herbert was his guy and the guy that he wanted. So Anthony Lynn has a lot of confidence in Los Angeles. And I think we're going to see a team that plays with a lot of confidence, plays like they feel like they have their franchise quarterback, and they're going to cover. Give me Chargers going into New Orleans as eight-point underdogs to cover. I don't know they win, but they keep this game within a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go in New Orleans. I think that the Chargers are going to struggle a whole game without Austin Eckler. I think they struggled in the second half uh, last week after Eckler did go out. So give me the Saints. I I did like what I saw from them last week, um, the way that they closed that game out. Um, The offense can just feed Kamara. They get Michael Thomas back this week. 
Um, I expect him to get in on the fun and give me the Saints by 10 or 13 points. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps up the the pick 'em. Is there any is there any play you might want to give out before uh, or maybe something uh if you don't have something uh maybe might be posting something uh for the viewers to to look out for? There's a couple that I like, but I think that we'll just post um our our favorite ones on on off of the Twitter page, but I mean if no, I'll I'll go with the Browns, bro. I'll, okay. I'm, I mean I'm that's gonna do, I'll go with the Browns plus 2. I'm going to do a two team seven point teaser. I'm going to tease the Steelers down to PK and I'm going to take the Browns up to plus 9 uh, on that that plus 2 line. So give me a seven point teaser Browns plus 9, Steelers PK and that's probably going to be my favorite play of the week. Um, yeah. is there anything uh, I mean, obviously, as we talking about sports, is there anything sports related uh, that you want to talk about uh, before we sign we got off? A good fight. We got a good fight that we should at least, you know, touch up on a bit. We got Marlon Moraes uh, facing Corey Sandhagen this weekend on a UFC fight night. Wow, they're giving him to Moraes. Yeah, we saw Sandhagen go out there and get beat up uh, by Barbosa. Barbosa's on the card too. Right. Yeah, Barbosa is on the card as well. He's fighting Americani, Amir Americani, um, or Marquar Americani. Um, but the main event, bro, it's it's a good it's a good fight. Sanhagen's really tall for the division. He's a lanky fighter, good cardio. He throws a lot of output, and we know Marais because he's that finisher. He's the dude who goes out there and goes for broke pretty quick. Not the strongest cardio as we saw in that Aldo fight. He did beat Jose Aldo, and they ended up giving Jose Aldo that title shot. So Marlon Marais, you know, he's lost to Henry Cejudo. He hasn't lost. He's been in there with John Lineker. He's been in there with Jose Aldo. He's been in there with Aljamain Sterling. This dude's been in there with the top, the cream of the crop. Um, and the fights, it's pretty closely lined. I think Marais is a very slight favorite. San Hagen, I mean, we saw him step up into the big leagues and he couldn't get it done against Barbosa. Barbosa took him to hell, bro. And I mean, he broke him. He beat the crap out of him. So I think that Marais is going to be able to get this dude out of there within the first or second round. Um, I like Marais to win this fight. I do think it's going to be an exciting fight, though. The card's kind of underrated. There's some good fights uh, down there on the undercard. Definitely be something to be uh, looking out for Saturday night, though. Yeah, I'm I'm going with Marias in this one too. I didn't. I thought Sandhagen was one of those prospects that they brought up, and uh, you saw what he did against Edson Barbosa, and I wasn't really too impressed once he got a step up in competition. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Marlon Marias uh, to win here as a short dog. Uh, this this card kind of crept up on me. I didn't even know that this was a a headliner. Uh, are they doing this? Is Fight Island right? Uh, it is Fight Island. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess we got another Fight Island card. Uh, the one that. Um, who's the head, uh, Korean zombie and Brian Ortega? That's gonna right? be next week. That's gonna be a good one, bro. That's gonna be a good fight. Finally, T yeah. City gets back in there against Ortega. And we'll definitely go over that on the next podcast. Those two guys have been eager to fight each other, so I'm glad to yeah, see that one. Uh, there's been a lot of drama, not even behind the scenes because it's been out in the open, but yeah. And, and next week, we're gonna have to spend a little bit more time on uh, Izzy and JBJ because that looks like something that might have some legs uh, here over the next couple of months. Might be something that the USC might have to do. Who knows? It might be too soon, but the buildup is there. I think people There's want to see it. No better time than now. It's, right? it's the fight to make. It's yeah. the fight to make. The problem is 
changing Izzy's mind, hiring his pay, do, doing whatever you got to do to make him take the fight now because it, it's winnable for him, bro. If he doesn't get taken down, and I would like to get into that, you know, more in depth next week. I'd like to have Justin on for that too because, mm-hmm. you know, Justin likes uh, yeah, watching you. That's, that's something that really started blowing up this week, though. So, yeah, but uh, interesting to see Twitter where it goes. For that, man, those exchanges, the, they'll, they'll get you through your afternoon. Those guys go at it i mean it's mm. crazy as popular and as famous as these guys are and they're on there trolling on twitter just like them you know just like I actually like their their back and forth better than the dc and jbj i can't wait for a press conference uh yeah. the press conference is going to be crazy for this one so this might be if it actually happens on time I, this is bigger than khabib and mcgregor potentially it could be, yeah. And uh, speaking of McGregor, he also today tweeted that he accepted a fight against Dustin Poirier. He already reached out to the UFC, and he's just trying to hear back from them, but that he does want to fight in 2020. He doesn't want to wait till 2021. And so I that Garbrandt and Figueiredo main event that fell out, that's what he wants to headline. Because I so Connor wants to get the dub, try and get the dub. Hey, it's not an easy victory. I know he's already beaten Dustin Poirier, but Dustin Poirier is a lot better than he was then. Yeah. Uh, if he gets the dub... He's going to set himself up for another opportunity, I think. Realistically, I think it, it might have been easier for him to fight Ferguson than Poirier just based on the style of fight, but mm-hmm. a good fight. I want to see it now. Yeah, same here. I hope it happens 2020, uh, but we'll get into all of that next week. Um, anything else before we sign off for the, That's for the it, week? All righty, baby. In the books. Let's do it. Uh, that was episode 22. Uh, you guys uh, look out for us. Like we said, next couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing the podcast on Fridays. Uh, but after that, we're going to go back to a Thursday release. But uh, be, be on the lookout for some of our picks that we dropped for the uh, NFL. And if you're playing along and the picks can pick them, uh, make sure to make it make your picks every week. Uh, don't have a prize or anything going on, but it's just something for like a bragging rights uh, for, for everybody to, to talk about just because we are going against the spread. All right, guys, uh, that was it. Uh, thank you, as always, for joining in with us. I look forward to talking to you guys on Tuesday with the Fantasy Football Breakdown. Later, Peace. guys. I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Me. Bam, bam. Me, man. Not a game. Slap man. score 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.